This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 353 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, KPP, and Clarion. Tonight we're talking to Amy Patterson, who is a lovely amateur Grand Prix rider, and we have a trainer tip from our friend Bobby Carlton. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. We've got Glenn here with us. Hey guys, listening hey to dressage, dressage people, talk. how are you? Hello, <laughs> good. good, how are you guys today? Good, so good to be back, Love I haven't it. talked to you in a while. Uh, I know, we're, we're back. We were so busy with your podcast stuff. Yeah, we had a this little convention huge. over the weekend in Tampa, and we had five of the hosts from the Horse Radio Network represented. Unfortunately, once again, no dressage represented. <laughs> True. You know, I, and, and it was it was poor planning on our part, wasn't it, Glenn? Yes, I had entered a horse show. and That darn yeah, horse show thing. I know, I know. I missed my butt off here in the uh, Yeah, I think Canada. you would have really come to Tampa. But I, I still I had entered a horse show and I had entered it before and it was sort of on our you know, once we get down and get into sort of the groove of the the horse shows. I, I so next time we were just talking about it off air, uh we're gonna come next year and uh I will put it on the schedule early. So yeah. I plan around it. Yes. Because it's terrible. We're always the, we're the slackers of the hosts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will want to tell you, I'm very proud of the listeners of the Dressage Show and all the shows. Uh, we were we were we were really the highlight of the whole podcast convention because we we are one of the leaders and 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 it was really cool to have so many of the hosts there. We uh, you know uh, Helena from Stable Scoop and Wendy from the Driving Show and Jennifer from Horse Tip Daily and Heather from Women and Rodeo, one of our newest shows. So they were all there representing, and it was really cool for for all of the other podcasters, a lot of new ones there, f- to meet them and talk to them because I've been you know Helena's been doing in this for almost nine years and you know it's to talk to them too so and i didn't have two minutes the whole weekend to myself but it went well i think that the uh i the uh, opening keynote i did went very well uh some of my friends for podcasting were there i started the opening keynote with scooters video now if you don't know yes. what we're talking about it's my little rescue hackney pony we did a video two years ago of him rolling in the water he just loves water he just rolls and rolls and splashes <laughs> and plays and it was very cute he's a cute pony right well, we put it up two years ago. It got about a million views and, and maybe 35,000 shares. For some reason, I don't know if it's one of the podcasters found it. I don't know how anybody even found it buried on our horses in the morning videos. You know, it was buried on Facebook. And, but somebody found it. And in the last five days, guys, it's up to over 130,000 shares, almost 4 million views. It has 5,000 comments. And we have picked up almost 13,000 new likes on our Horses in the Morning page. That's crazy. It is crazy. When, you know, when they talk horse. about something going viral, you don't realize until you actually watch it you know, happen. And it's one of yours how crazy it is. And That's the comments so cool. are all now, the new comments are all from non-horse people. So this thing has gotten outside the horse world. <laughs> uh, it's just nuts. That's awesome. That's so he's cool. Well, in the puddle. Yeah, I, uh, he's having a big time. We can officially declare now Scooter the most popular member of the Horse Radio Network. 
Yes. And yeah. we can declare Scooter right now this week the most popular pony in the world. <laughs> so. Love yeah. it. Yay, That's awesome. And I, I got to feed him carrots the other day. Yes, you did. <laughs> you met the this most popular pony in the world. You treat him most differently, Glenn. You know what we need to do? To oh, he's got a big head. He was naughty today. Um, yeah. <laughs> he knows, I think. See, the thing is, every day we were like, oh, go Scooter, give him treats. And now that's got to his head a bit. Yeah. You know what we need to do? You know the uh, what? What are the TV commercials with the the most whatever man in the world? Uh, not the coolest most man. Oh, the most man the most in, we yeah. need to do a series of those commercials for the love the most it. popular pony in the world. We yeah. need to do a series it. of those videos. Deal. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> and have him That's doing different, fantastic. you know, popular pony things. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. So that's what's going on. One other announcement real quick before I let you get back to dressage. Uh, Coming up in two weeks, uh, we are going to be in Lexington, Kentucky, 18th, 19th, and 20th at Road to the Horse. You'll be able to listen to us live. We're doing eight hours of live coverage there at the Horse Radio Network on the Horses in the Morning show. Uh, Mary Kitzmiller, who competed twice at Road to the Horse, and that's the premier colt starting competition in the country, in the world, actually. It's the world championship. We'll be there. Mary's going to be helping me out because she's done it before. I'm the fluff and entertainment value. She actually will be talking serious training stuff. And (laughs) we're the only ones, uh, we're the only free live coverage for the whole weekend, including the finals on Sunday for four hours. We're we're planning lots of cool stuff. So if you want to tune in, it's uh, Horses in the Morning. You can follow us on Facebook over there. We uh, thank you to the Clarion Hotel in Lexington for providing our accommodations while we're there. We really appreciate every time we go there. They're very good to the host of the Horse Radio Network. Um, And, you know, it's just uh, cool to have them behind us. It's clarionhotellex.com. So all of that's coming up on the network. Lots of fun stuff. And then we're going to be at Rolex a month after that, hanging out with Reese. I know. (laughs) I get to go to that one. I'm so bummed. Here you guys are coming to Lexington again. I'm not not home yet. (laughs) Yep, we're still here showing. That's a big horse show weekend for us here. It's our last one, actually. Yeah, I was going to say you should be ending about then, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we're going to be ending. It's our last one. We had to actually postpone our trip home a week. Uh, which is great. That's no problem. But um, uh, the, one of the horse shows got canceled that was on the qualifying list. So uh, check your qualifying list, kids, uh, because yeah. they, they can change. And um, so, so it postponed us a week. Uh, but it's a good thing. I want to I wanna get all of Elancourt's developing horse trials done. I have two done, and I can do a third one up north if, if I want. But, you know, uh, you will hear later in the show uh, Amy Patterson talk about it. You know, once you're sort of down here in Florida, you're in the groove, the horses are showing, um, there is a level of you go home and, and there's a little letdown and, and it's good for them to have a little bit of a break after, you know, a hard three or three or four months. So that's our plan. So I'm going to miss road to the horse again, but uh, one of I these years to- we're going to get you there. I know. And <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it is crazy. We'll, we'll get it's, you it, back I, home. For I forget <laughs> how many people show up to that. But it's, it is, um, it, I was just talking, actually, we were talking to uh, Stuart Pittman, who runs the Thoroughbred Makeover at the park mm. in October, which we're looking at coming up for uh, for that, awesome. too. But uh, he's, you know, he even said that Road to the Horse is one of the very few uh, during the year that sell out. There's no seats yeah. available. And, and no. uh, you know, they estimate eight to 10,000 people. Yeah, it's crazy. In the indoor it's there. Event. So. That's a big event. It's very cool. Well, let me tell you, when you're trying to get food when, uh, during the breaks, you know there's eight to 10,000 people. <laughs> yeah, we pack a lunch. <laughs> big kids. lineups, yeah. Bring, I bring lunch. peanut butter and jelly, you know, just so I can eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, we look forward to it for sure. All right, I'm done hijacking your show. You can have it back <laughs> now. I love it. <laughs> right, we'll well, take you back. Yeah, we, we need to get the, the uh, Florida yeah, report from our, from our reporter in Florida. 
from your reporter in Florida. So uh, Casey, right now, uh, Casey Perry Glass in Dublay, who is a new it's a new partnership for her. Move back in the top four American team prospects uh, on their best performance in last week's World Cup event at the Adequan Global Dressage Festival. Perry and the 13-year-old Danish uh, warm blood gelding ranked behind Laura Graves on Verdades uh, at the top U.S. standings with... Um, Stefan Peters with Rosamunda and Legolas are second and third. So Casey moved up. Uh, also, Shelly Francis had a fantastic ride. Uh, yeah, but she, she actually got, moved down, right? Because Casey, Casey took her Casey spot. But, yeah, yeah, so there's some, some moving around and some juggling. I think the top, they're, they're looking for the top eight. The top eight go to Europe this summer and we'll have to compete there. So that's sort of the big news. Um, this week is the Palm Beach Derby. Uh, it's also a very big competition here uh, this weekend. So I look forward to going and, and seeing the Grand Prix and seeing what happens. It's one of the last Olympic selections for a lot of countries. So it's a, it's a big one down here. So it's very busy. The horse show's incredibly busy. Um, Grand Prix is actually on Saturday night, not Friday night this week. Uh, if anybody's down here and is listening, uh, don't go Friday, which is our normal day for the Grand Prix freestyle. It's Saturday. They moved it around. So that's what's going on. And other than that, you know, there were two horse shows, one at um, White Fences last weekend and one at Global. Um, so that was uh, crazy. Uh, we only had horses showing at White Fences. Sometimes we are in two different venues which makes for a fun day. Um, but <laughs> Ely Court was fantastic. And, and uh, I actually felt uh, finished my silver freestyle bar. So yeah, that was congratulations. Fun. Yeah, that was fun to finish that. I, I had had some scores from when I was a, a young rider uh, that, that stay active. You know, those scores stay active. Your yeah, whole they still count. Day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's your so music? Um, well, it's the same music we had. Uh, we just uh, updated the canter music because we changed from third level to fourth level. And uh, the fourth level, we added in some Michael Jackson. So I want you Old back. Old school. Is the can- yeah, is the canter music. <laughs> and then he still has his Sex in the City uh, theme music uh, because uh, Hello's, uh, Elin Court's nickname is Hello. And uh, but it's also big sexy. So uh, we kept he will probably always have the sex in the city for his trap music. I don't think that's going anywhere. <laughs> so uh, so that's kind of yeah. yeah. So it was super fun. Good show. I have a then- question about so you've been watching all the shows down there. How many freestyles now use happy in the freestyle? You know, um, none. I, Not nobody. I think. Not off the top of my head of a Grand Prix horse. Really? Um, sure, there are others. I'm sure that it's, it's getting used, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, in the Grand Prix ring, I don't... Not off the top of my head. Wow, I thought that would have been all yeah. over the place. Yeah, no, Maybe it's not, too not obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, not at this point, not, not there yet. So, yeah. Cool. Well, great. Well, we are going to come back right after a commercial break and talk with uh, adult amateur Amy Patterson. Enjoy. She's a great, great person and a great story. She had waited all her life for this moment, dreaming about it since she was 10 years old. The trailer ramp touched the ground. He whinnied as she backed him out, swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home. His coat gleamed in the sun. Her love had arrived. She was breathless. He was beautiful. She could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life. This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. 
Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, this evening, I am so excited to have Amy Patterson on. I met Amy uh, multiple years ago. We purchased one of her wonderful (laughs) horses uh, many years ago now, and Amy is a gold medalist, and she is here in Wellington, and Amy is fantastic. She got her gold medal last year on her mare that she's trained since she was a six-year-old, and Amy, you are just going gangbusters here in Wellington. You're winning every Grand Prix I see on Facebook. So I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really flattered. There are many amateurs out there that are working hard and trying to schedule and juggle everything that we have in our lives. And I'm I'm very flattered that you would ask me for for my uh, take on how it works. Well, and you do an amazing job. So if you don't mind, tell everybody, let's, let's, what do you do uh, during the day? What's your day job? I am, I work for NBKC Bank. We're a nationwide lender and I sell mortgages. So I handle FHA, VA and conventional financing, all 50 states. And as long as I have a a computer and a good Wi-Fi and, and a phone, um, I am, uh, that's where you'll find me is you're, on the you're phone working. selling mortgage. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So, so, I love I work it. I, a lot of different time zones from Hawaii to people who are stationed overseas, have a lot of military borrowers. So it's, you know, it, I'm, I'm basically always working. There are no banker's hours with me, you know. <laughs> so I'm I love it. On my horse. You've been horses, in horses so. and it's, I love it. And you've been in horses now for, in dressage, I think as well, for about 40 years, right? Yeah. I started riding when I was nine and right away it was pony club with an emphasis on dressage. That was always the part I was best at. I was terrible at jumping despite my efforts to jump. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. I get it. Yeah. I was like, nice try. And uh, so, but yeah, 40 years of of riding dressage and finally showed Grand Prix for the first time last year and earned my gold medal. And and I have to say, I am really proud of that. (laughs) And and tell us about your mayor. Uh, Her her nickname is Princess. And what's her fancy name? Her show name is Vish Van de Klumpair. Uh, and her barn name is Vishka, but probably more often than not, we call her pre- princess. She is quite a diva. Um, <laughs> but I bought her as a six-year-old, and she had gone through the auction process, uh, the elite auction in Holland. And she could really trot fancy and look great and had sort of a flying change. But then she couldn't, like, do a 10-meter circle or a walk pirouette or a turn on the haunches. So she had lots of holes in her education. And she was one hot tamale when I bought her. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I hot, 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 hot. Is and, that something uh, you, that but, you were looking for, Amy? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I wanted something that would be good enough quality that I could show at a CDI. And, and I thought, well, I better pony up. It, that means it's not going to be just something to tr- trot around on. You know, right. you need that fire breathing dragon desire uh, to, to make it to Grand Prix. So, now that I'm trying to get through all of those movements in Grand Prix, I'm very grateful that she's a hot horse, you know? <laughs> yes, especially in Florida when so. it gets hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need a lot of go. Yeah. And Amy, tell no us, kidding. Tell no. us a little bit about, we, we purchased a horse from you, Dinar, who yes. you showed and was very, very successful. So tell us a little bit about sort of your, your stages of horses getting to the Grand Prix level, because you didn't just start with Princess. 
No, I did not start with with Vishka the Princess, um, uh, that black horse that you bought from us, Dinar. That one broke my heart when I sold him. That's why I won't sell this horse. Uh, (laughs) I I sold him so I could afford to buy this next one. And this one I won't sell. I've had her for so long. Uh, He was great. He was a horse I found in northern Germany. He had been a breeding stallion, and he was gelded late and, and did a great job for me through pre-St. George I won. It was just, as you know, beautiful and lovely to look at. And he really, I had him for a long time. And he, he taught me a lot about in his heyday when he was younger with me, he was, he could be very hot and he still in the beginning thought he was a stallion. So he did a lot to prepare me for handling this mare um, and, and, and her you know, keep your leg on on a hot horse and don't waste time because get on and get the work done if, if they're being hot. He, he really, if it hadn't been for him, I don't think I would have had the success I had with this horse. And, um, I, you know, I, I have to admit, I'm sort of drawing a blank. I've had a lot of good horses prior to this. And before Dinar, I had a, a Hanoverian mare that we actually still have that we uh, I showed through Pre-St. George that we bought as a foal and is now my mom's schoolmaster. And eventually, Vishka will become mom's next horse when I'm I'm done with her. So we're, hmm, we tend to I kind of hang it. on to them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I love it. So, um, <laughs> now, Amy, as you've gone through the levels, I mean, tell us sort of, it is such a huge jump. You were incredibly successful at Pre-St. Georgia Intermediate One. So tell us about sort of now the jump from that, from the small tour to the big tour, what, what has been the biggest yep. challenge for you? It, for me, for whatever reason, I too did not end up being um, such a huge jump, even though that's the start of the Piaf and the Passage and, and having the one Tempe changes. That went well. We had a and if I can sound like I'm bragging, we had an incredible year at I2. And I'm thinking, hey, I got this. You know, this mare yeah. is hot. She's got really good technique for Piaf Passage. No problem. Then I hit Grand Prix last year. And that was truly the most humbling yeah. experience of my life. <laughs> there is, that's where I hit the buzzsaw. And, uh, and, and, and we had a good year and we had some good scores, but I had a really disastrous go at nationals where every movement that has a double coefficient, we missed a really low score last in the class. And it really set me back on my heels. And I'm like, whoo, okay, I can go one of two ways with this. I can either really double down, get myself to Florida, get some, some fresh eyes, uh, not that I didn't have good training because I have a super trainer at home and Melissa Allen, but it's always good to get some fresh eyes and a fresh perspective. And I'm still working, but really to focus on trying to get this Grand Prix thing figured out. Or I've, I got my good gold medal and call it good and just leave it at that. And being the competitive person that I am, I went for the first option found a way to get here. My husband was incredibly supportive of it. My work uh, said, as you know, as long as you've got your laptop and, and a phone, you've been with us for 15 years. We know you'll sell no matter where you are. And uh, coming here at the beginning of the season, I'm like, I don't even know if I will go Grand Prix until I can really feel good that I can do these movements and, and go through that test without feeling like I'm just putting out fires, but really be able to ride the movements, I'm not going to show it. And 
and so that was my attitude at the beginning. And I got some really good help from Shelley Francis and from Allie Brock, both of whom I'm very grateful they made time for me, that really revamped my thoughts on how to get the right, right reactions and how I'm supposed to put on my aids and the expectation level that you have you have to have to get through a Grand Prix test. And and so four weeks into being here and working through movements, I'm like, you know what, this is actually going quite well. I'm going to dip my toe and give it a try. And and it went well. And, and I did three shows um, while I'm here. I'm, I'm getting ready to leave on Saturday. I did three shows. And by the last Grand Prix, it finally slowed down for me where in basketball, they talk about you get into the zone and the basket gets bigger when you're really shooting well. I actually felt that in my last Grand Prix where it slowed down and I could ride the movements, not just put out fires. So I'm super proud of that. And and you nailed it. I mean, you got a great score, right? You nailed yeah, it. I was really happy. It, it was, a, it, you know, it was a user-friendly judge who likes this horse and has seen us through the years. So I'll qualify it with that. But um, she did give us a 69, and I'm super proud of, of yeah. how we did. And um, But That's I'll awesome. tell you, I, I, I'm going to write an article because showing Grand Prix has definitely made me a nicer person. <laughs> and it has also made me, it has also made me a lot less judgmental. Um, yeah, and for sure. watching yeah. people, whether it's training level or someone else trying to do Grand Prix, it, it's like, I, it, it was good for me to get kind of knocked off my high horse and realize how hard this is, it, whether it's trying to get the perfect 20 meter circle or trying to get 15, one tempi changes. Uh, I, it, it, last year was, was good for me from a, it, you, I may not have thought that in the middle of it cause it was so hard, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, and it's true. There is the Grand Prix is like, you know, and and you can ride the one tempies and you can ride the pirouettes, and but there is something about putting on the putting on the coat and going down the center line. It's so hard. It's like a whole nother level. And then, like you said, you have to do it so many times till you get to that point where you're just like, okay, all right, we got this. I can do it, and I can think in there, and I'm not a deer in the headlights. It really. It's a whole exactly. other level of, of, oh my, oh my Lord. Um, so tell us yeah. I mean, how, how so, did you make Florida work? How, how do you make being down here work? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I have to give a shout out to my wonderful parents who own the farm where I keep the horses at home. I have a half sister to Vishka at home. Who's a three coming four year old. We have a couple of retirees and my mom's horse. They're there literally holding down the fort and taking care of the farm and our wonderful fella, Alex, that works for us. And Melissa, my trainer at home, keeping things going. Uh, so couldn't have done this without them because the show needs to go on at home while I'm here trying to figure out how to ride through a Grand Prix test, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband's incredible support. I know you have a really supportive family, Reese, and it's, I mean, what would we do without yep. that? You know, uh, my husband was so like, true. you must do this. I mean, he gave me a kick in the pants. He's like, well, I cannot believe you would even consider not trying <laughs> this. You do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it and then 15 years of working with the and staying with the same bank and the loyalty and the hard work I've given them, they then gave me the complete green light for as long as I needed to be away to work outside of the office, which they have not had not done previously for other employees. 
So I'm very, very grateful to all of those people who made this possible. And, and I, I'm glad to say and to report back to all of them that I have run with it and made the absolute best of it that I could. So awesome. I think in, in a lot grateful. of cases, I think in a lot of cases you can think up of a million excuses not to do something like this. Yeah. But I think in the end, when you've worked 30, 40 years at, at something and you finally get the opportunity, I think you, I think it's inspiring to hear that you, you did run with it and you, you know, you sort of, you take the chance and, and, you know, maybe it wasn't going to work, you know, maybe, you know, but you did have success because you work hard at it yeah. and it's, it's something that you really are passionate about. You can really hear that and, and you got to make it work, well, right? Because you. I mean, how many opportunities do yeah. you have? To, uh, to have an awesome horse who's going well, who can teach you so much and, and, and really achieve your goals, right? So, yeah. yeah. I want to commend yeah, you. I, I want to commend you on that because yeah. it's, it's, it's an awesome. awesome story. Yeah. And it is true. Uh, I think, I appreciate you know, it. No, coming to Florida too, just, just for anybody that's sort of listening. And it, it is hard. It is hard for all of us that come. Uh, you and know, expensive it, it, and hard it's expensive. And... It's hard. And, but it is so true because mm-hmm. you're able to get the training. You're able to show. You're able to, you know, go to Global and watch Grand Prix all day if you so want yeah. to. You know, there's just so many things that happen here and and it is, and it's not easy. I think everyone's like, oh, you're so lucky you get to go. And of course we are very lucky and very blessed, but it's hard. It's hard work for all of us to be here in in a lot of ways. And and so it's really cool to hear, Mm -hmm. you know, that you made this work and your family's helped you and you've been able to bring Bishka and be so successful. So Kind of tell us what's the Thank next the next step. You leave on I know everyone's starting to leave, yep. uh, but you leave on I Saturday. Know. It's crazy. So what what's the next step? Well, my husband is a pilot for Delta, and he flies out of Atlanta. And he he knew when he married me. I'm a Kansas City girl. My family's there. My farm is there, and so he has commuted from Kansas City to Atlanta for years now uh, because I've wanted to stay there because of my family and infrastructure we have there. So what we're doing, uh, because we have the condo and and the the barn, we've had this leased through April, but I I really feel I accomplished what I had come here to do. So we're we're kind of doing this in a stair step to get home. We're going to go to Atlanta and stay there for four to six weeks where we haven't quite decided the full timeline um, so that he can have a, at least a one, at least one month that he doesn't have to commute, you know? Nice. Um, so we, we found a neighborhood. He has a friend who has a, my, my husband has a, a small plane and we found a neighborhood that actually has it, it's sort of like Wellington, except in the backyard, it's a hangar for an airplane. Airplane equivalent of it, you know? So we found a place there that we're staying and literally next door to this community is a barn that had a dressage arena, really lovely barn. And they made room for me for, for the coming month. So, um, so we're going to go there for a month and I, uh, entered in a show there. So I'm, okay. I'm even going to do a show awesome. in Georgia. Um, and then, um, in April we'll head home and, uh, uh you know, my goal is just to keep the, the intensity that we have, to have a, a little bit of a break, but to keep the intensity, I've taken notes that I can go back to and refer, you know, what did I do to get to this point to make it better, so much better than last year. And uh, so, so, but that, that's the plan. One month of Atlanta to, as a courtesy to my very patient husband, so he doesn't have to commute and then on to Kansas city. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, 
I'm getting close to being ready to be home. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a home girl. Uh, the yeah. furthest <laughs> away from home that I had stayed was I went to the University of Kansas, which was literally 45 minutes of home. So, you know, my, my husband, who was 21 years in the Air Force and has no roots, you know, he moved every two years and he marries me, who's like completely rooted <laughs> in, in Kansas City. So, uh, but this has been good for me. And, and it's that is good. people That's... really like coming to Florida to visit you. I've had more family and people come visit yeah. here in Florida. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it. It's the revolving door. We were like, okay, how many airport runs have we made now? It's so true. Exactly. It's fantastic. And just one more thing I do want to say. My big goal of the year is to get back to nationals and to to get that taste of that miserable test I did last year out of my mouth. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's a great goal. So. Well, yeah, we want so to that, stay in touch with you. I'm going to come and cheer you on at Nationals because no matter what, I will, I will come to the horse park and I will cheer you on. And we'd love <laughs> to keep in touch with you and see how you and Vishka, uh, how your how your journey continues. And thanks so much for taking your time to come on the show with us tonight. And we would love to oh. keep in touch. And Amy, how do our listeners Thank find you. you online if they have any financial questions or any questions on how you make all yep. this work? How do they do that? They're welcome to, they can, if they have a mortgage question, they can go to nbkc.com. That's short for National Bank of Kansas City, nbkc.com. Uh, and they're always welcome to call me. My uh, mobile number is 913-636-0863. And I, doors open if you have a question of about how it works in Florida, anything I can do to help with that. Not that I'm an expert, but I'd be glad to share my experiences and and I certainly can help with any mortgage questions that they may have. So thank you for letting me say that. Thanks, so, Amy. Have a safe trip to Atlanta. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you thinking of me. This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, tonight it is my pleasure for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week to introduce Bobby Carlton. She is the head trainer and manager of Weetog Stables in Salisbury, Connecticut. She's a USDF silver medalist, an L graduate with distinction, and has several FEI students. Uh, And she is currently my barn mate here in Florida. Bobby, how are you? (laughs) I'm great, Reese. How are you? We are great. We're super excited. I know uh, we're still down here feeding and getting organized. So I'm so thankful you were able to take some time and chat with us for a few minutes. Um, no but problem. We were, 
we were talking the other day and it was, it was a great tip. We were just riding around, just chatting, um, as we were cooling out horses and we started just chatting about, um, when is a good time to move your horse up or maybe you don't move your horse up. And, and it just, you know, we were having a nice conversation and I said, Bobby, I really want you to come on the show. So, um, how about you get us started, uh, you know, just talking about, you know, when do you decide to move up a level? Um, or when do you decide to hold back your horse? I guess I, you know, a little bit differently, either for myself or my clients, um, with myself, you know, I like my horse to be comfortable doing the test. It should be something they're happy doing and don't struggle with too much. Um, case in point, I have a young six-year-old filly that I bred and she's showing first three right now, very confidently and schooling things, all the things for second level. And so actually I just had this discussion this morning with what to do with the show at the end of the month. And what we're thinking there is I'll do the first three, um, need one more score for her. And then the second day, I'm going to try second one because we can do everything pretty well. She might struggle a little here and there, maybe with the simple changes or something. Um, but the rest of the test, she's pretty confident about. And then go back to first three if I need to the last day. Or if she's been really that good, I might even scratch that last day. Um, and I kind of think the same way for my students. It's like I want them comfortable going in the ring and to know their test. And maybe one thing is a little bit difficult for them, whether it's the pirouettes or changes or half pass. But I don't want the whole test to be like that. They shouldn't have to go out there and worry that each movement is something difficult for them to do. You know, it, it's nice when they can go out there and, and have fun with the test, you know, and uh, ride for more points if possible, you know. Yeah, yeah I think, no, I, I'm sorry, I was just going to say that I think it really, really depends on the horse and it depends on the rider a lot. You know, if I have a young horse that needs a lot of miles, I don't want to be challenging with movements that they're not really confident with. So, you know, um, for the nervous horses, I think uh, it's better to stay back a level, you know, whether it's in training or first level, a little, you know, maybe a year longer or a little bit longer. Yep. And, uh, but you know, for the bold horses, the confident ones, then I, I'm okay with, you know, sort of moving them up and saying, you know, okay, we can do this might not be perfect, but you know, let's, let's give this a shot, you know, and, and the same thing for the riders. I think for, um, for, uh, for us, you know, professional riders who have thousands of opportunities to get down the center line, we can ride a test confidently without, you know, and not worry, oh, there, here comes that, that I think, um, you know, the canter serpentine, um, uh, with the counter canter in it, you know, I, I'm okay if the horse doesn't know that perfectly. I'm confident enough myself that I can just go through and I, that's not going to ruin my whole test. But I have lots of students that don't have those show miles under the belt who should not be attempting that kind of thing because it's just going to ruin confidence. So I think yeah. it, you really have to go case by case basis as far as that, as far as, you know, decisions when to move up and, and what to be showing and, and how much confidence the horse or the rider has. Oh, I totally agree with all of that. And I have one student, and she showed a little bit fourth level. She's got a lovely horse. He's shown through I1, and she's catching up, learning everything. And she was a little upset with me that I wanted to hold her back to fourth level and then telling me, well, I feel like I'm a failure if I don't move up. Well, I'm trying to explain to her, no, not at all. I want her to be so confident, like you just said. I want her to have more center lines under her belt. She's only done one year, you know, three or four shows at fourth level. It's like, no, I want you to go down that center line and be able to ride your center line better, ride your half-pass better. And before you go out there and, and take that huge leap to FEI, and again, I want that to be comfortable when you get there. So I, I'm trying to tell her, no, take your time. There's no hurry, no hurry whatsoever. The judges love to be able to sit there and give strings of sevens and eights when things are going really well. So that's, that's a nice thing to see, you know? Yeah. 
And and I think you're right, Bobby. I think you know we're programmed, especially at the lower levels. You you can typically move up a level a year. But once you sort of get into, you know, even second, third, fourth level, there's a lot of things. You may be able to do the test well or execute the movements, but that doesn't mean you're proficient in what you're doing. You know, can exactly. you really go in the ring? You know, I always feel like there's certain stages. You know, I, I, I try not to ever let someone go if I don't feel like they can get a 60%. That's sort of, yep. you know, that's sort of my, my rule is if you can get a 60% and do everything sufficiently at home, we're going to have a conversation of, hey, this isn't going to be an 80%, but okay, I think you can get a yep. 60 and then once we get a few 60s, 62s in our belt, then it's like, okay, let's go to get a 65. And then once we can get a 65 a couple of times, then I'm like, okay, let's get a 70. And then we can start to think about moving on. So yep. I think I think that, that people do, though, get really hung up with, no, no, I have to move up a level every year. And, and that is so not the case, especially when things when things get a little bit more challenging and a little trickier as you move up. And you may be ready, but your horse may be not ready either. You know, it, as you go up the levels, the amount of strength that it takes at, as, as you make that jump, especially in, in this case of fourth level to pre-St. George, that's an incredible amount of strength. And from the 4-1 test to the pre-St. George, you know, that, that includes more changes. That includes pirouettes. Uh, there's a canter zigzag. So there's a, a lot of change. From in, especially in the fourth level area, so very yep. normal to to not to not do that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I have a nice young horse, about the, I think a little older than your guy, and and I've held him back. It's like, no, we're going to wait until you're, he's confident and he can do that all those movements, you know, without worrying himself. We tried four, three, even four, three once last year. That new one that's oh my god, all over the place. And with a little handy horse, not a problem. You have a big moving horse, and all of a sudden the horse is like, oh my god, oh my god. And he felt a little claustrophobic in that test. So right after that show, I'm like, okay, we're not doing that test again because it worried him. And I don't need my horse to go down the center line and then be worried in the test. It's like, okay, we're going to back up. And then I looked last summer, and four two was really comfortable for him. It had the nicer lines and the quarter pirouettes, pretty much, and. And it just flowed really nicely. And then I challenged him with one line of tempies and he's like, oh, okay. But then you went back to something he was comfortable with. So I found I had to pull him back right away and go back to an easier test. And we're, I'm trying to be okay with it myself, that I'm going to stay there until my horse is more confident and, like you just said, stronger to be able to move up that level again. So even for professionals, it's okay to wait. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. okay to wait, for yeah. sure, for sure. The other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, and, and that's just sort of, you know, unwritten about the test is that the quality of the gates has to go up, right? So if you're riding, you know, first level gates in a second level test, that's unacceptable, right? And you're not going to score well, even if you can, you know, even if you can achieve all the movements, whether it's a, you know, a 10 meter circle or shoulder in or, or travel the horse not only has to do execute the, the movements, but they have to execute it within, you know, a certain expectation of what is a, you know, what is a collected trot? What is an extended trot? You know, and, and that's what, you know, there, there isn't really, you know, a sort of a, an easy way for a lot of the amateurs to judge whether their trot is ready or their canter is ready to, uh, to be able to be, to be competitive in, in the second level, third level, you know, uh, Reese just reminded me about this is when we were talking about fourth level versus pre George, the, the trots are different, right? And mm-hmm. if you, and, mm-hmm. and you have to listen to your coach and you have to, you have to be able to really um, assess whether your, your trot, canter, walk, whatever 
is is the, is acceptable in an FEI test. I think you know the balance has to be better. The 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 spring, the cadence, you know, all these all these good things that don't that don't get written down, you know, next to a mark really in the test. They have to be of the quality at, at the level that you expect to be showing. So I think you know you have to get advice about that and and to really um, really assess your horse honestly so that you you know you're not scoring in the in the fifties. Yep, and like you said, you trust your coach and and uh, listen to that. Um, and even down the lower levels, like Reese had said, the jump from first to second level is also another really big jump because you might have that nice level balance or slightly on the forehand at first level that might still score okay. Yeah, I mean, you get great scores at first level and very yeah, bad scores at second, second level. level. Oh yeah, <laughs> with with the same horse with the same trot, you know. Same but it's horse. Just, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sure. little more than riding that pattern for sure. So yeah, I think yeah, people get so focused okay on the patterns. That. Yeah. yeah. It's yep. not just about the pattern, right? It's about, you know, is the horse and, developing and, and carrying better and all of these great things. And wouldn't you guys say though, you know, as you're, as you go to move up a level, I mean, I certainly think this like, okay, like with my own horse this winter in Florida, we did our first pre-St. George, you know, early February. And my, my goal was, okay, I want to go in and I want to get the movements. That's my goal. Like I knew exactly what I, what I was out to do. And then, and then I said, okay, in my mind, I'm going to wait another month because another month of training here and say, okay, now the next time I go in, we're going to nail the gates. It's not just, can I yep. do the test? It's, can right. I do the test kicked up yep. a few notches? Yeah. It's way more yep. than just steering around and, you know, in the ring and, and, you know, doing a halt here and a, and a shoulder in there. It's, you, you got to have the right the right horse to take in, in in there and and then the other thing is I, that I wanted to bring up was a little bit about um, Bobby you said about a, a student that was disappointed because they had bought maybe a schoolmaster but we're not showing the schoolmaster at the level at which he is already trained I think that's not I, I think a schoolmaster can also teach you so much about the lower levels that you can really yep. nail that and get get your confidence going there that you don't have to buy uh, an FEI horse and then show it FEI. I mean, that's, that doesn't Correct. make sense. It hasn't taught you everything you need to know. So I think I think there's a lot of value in in having a, a nicely trained horse to teach you about second level, even though it's trained way you know way up. That's not uh, that's not a failure, and and that's 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 why you buy a trained horse, right? Oh, for sure. Because once you do things right, they answer you correctly. They're like, oh, now yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so yeah. That's the benefit of that, for sure. Yeah. I, I and, think and so that ne- yeah, your next horse maybe you you can you can train your next horse you know, like help you get a younger get horse and you can help to train it if you already yep. know first level, second level, third you know work your way up so you know every piece of the training and the and the training scale and the training pyramid so that you can go all the way up to all the way up to FEI le- levels with a with a, a newer horse or a different horse that you that you get after, which is so much fun, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's the great thing about this. It never ends. I mean, there's always yeah. a journey. Every horse you have is, is this, you know, blank palette that you can just, okay, now what are we going to do? And how is this going to go? And and the excitement of bringing them along and up the levels. And uh, and each one has their own calendar. You can't you can't say, okay, I like you said, it can't be this, this level this year, that level next year. Or what is this horse ready for? And, and have to go their speed, you know? And... Like you had said, Phillips, I'm like, let's go. I, I'm ready. I can do more. And others are like, whoa, I'm a little nervous. I need to take my time. And, and that's where the rider is important to feel their horse and, and take their time with the ones that need that extra confidence building. 
So absolutely. For sure. Well, Bobby, for sure. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on for our total saddle fit tip of the week. How would our listeners find you online? Oh, well, thank you for having me. This has been great. Um, we have a website, um, www.weetogue, stables.com. And that has information about our farm and our clinics and shows. We run um, three schooling shows and a recognized show each year. Uh, we're also on Facebook as We Talk Stables. And I'm on there as Bobby Carlton and um, love, had, love to have visitors or people come to our shows. It's a great farm and uh, we have great clients and fun horses and we'd love to see people there. So come visit. Fantastic. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you so much. Well, Phil, we've got an email, don't we? Uh, so we love it. We love, love, love email and Facebook shout outs. So Phil, what's the email about? So we got a great email. Uh, I think it's from a new listener to the Dressage Radio Show. And uh, this listener is asking about um, the Dressage Seat Equitation. I think that's the medal classes or the finals are coming in August. And uh, and I guess there were just some questions around that. And uh, we have to tell her that we... I, I remember doing a show. Uh, didn't we yes. have a show about With the... Michelle Folden. Michelle Folden. Yeah. So, Yeah. To talk about the dressage seat medal, and basically she does a great job. That's one of her uh, flagships to her business, and it's it's back in the archives. And Glenn, how do our listeners, if they want to search the archives, how do they do that? Just go to dressageradio.com, and there's a little search button at the top. You can put in anybody's name, any rider that we've had on, or any topic. You just do a search, and it brings up all the episodes that include that, or that person. Perfect. And what was yeah, the name so that, again? That would be Michelle Folden. She's been on the show a couple of times, but you're going to have to search um, about the dressage seats equitation class. And then the other thing was is that this rider it may be borrowing a horse for this uh, this class and for the for the national finals. And we did some great topics on borrowing a horse when we did our IDA segments because that's how the uh, Intercollegiate Dressage Association. Uh, host their shows. You borrow horses and you ride. So we talked to, um, I think, one or two riders about that whole, you know, situation about you know getting on a horse and trying to figure it out and you know how to ride well and and to compete on a horse that you're borrowing. So I think we've covered those couple topics. If you uh, just have a look for them, and uh, if you have any more questions, for sure we'll uh, we'll answer them if we can in the new segment. Um, if there's anything that you find that we just haven't covered, so um, love it. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a very it's a very specific topic, and it's it's a great program, and we do encourage all our junior and young riders to jump in there. And who knows, maybe they'll be in adult amateur division at some point. There isn't yet, but we'll see. And everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. 